like to welcome everybody back to Tuesday night. I'm Ken Marangolo in the Champagne Room of Basement Podcast Studios, Kensington, Maryland. This is the Audible. He's Tim Strachan. What's up, man? He's Matt Deweirdo Steele. What's happening? Brian Stabby. Howdy. And we're joined via Popeye's hotline. They're not oh, really? They're not paying for that? Okay, this isn't the Popeye's hotline. No, no, no. He is, it's, he's talking about the spinach. Yes, yes, yes. The, the cartoon character. Kevin, what's up, man? I don't know. Just trying to save us. Uh, yeah, I have no idea what's going on. I don't know what you guys are talking about. And all of a sudden, there's club music the week I leave. So, you know. But I'm happy to be here. It's Flo No, I was up. not in charge of the music tonight. You like Flo Yeah, Rida. just tonight. Just tonight. This is the only night that he's never not. not been in charge of the music. <laughs> How's the beach, man? We, we've kept that record intact. Yes. Uh, the beach is tremendous, tremendous, Treating tremendous vacation. Well. Perfectly, I've got the worst, the worst t-shirt tan in the history of the universe. <laughs> and uh, I know this body just wasn't beach ready this year. You know, some years you have it, some years you don't. You were focused on some other things. That's arguable. It is arguable, debatable. <laughs> <laughs> um, it, it snuck up on you, but you know what? You got two months to recover, and we have two months to prepare for what could potentially be uh, uh, an amazing regular season for Redskins football. What, what is your, what is your, why does your voice go up Maybe? like that? It's just a little Possibly? uncomfortable. This is off-season on the brink. Look. Our Hogshaven Redskins segment, and um, Kevin takes no vacations from off-season on the brink, as is evidenced no, by... No, sir. No, by, sir. By, and there's so many... No days off. There's so many other bodies that are I'm way more concerned with, aside from my own. Uh, Junior Gallant and Josh Doxson, just, just to name a few. Yeah. How are, they, how are those bodies doing? So far, so good, buddy. So far, so good. Uh, I, you know... Thanks for that update. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm uh, sitting on the corner of Central and Daisy, staring at a farmhouse, and you're asking me about, you know, tip-top shape. I, I, you know, I gave my vacation answer. You got it. Do you have any other nuggets for us? <laughs> yeah, I got two for you, bro. That two-hour delay was killing me. So I, I have a question. <laughs> when you said, when you started all this with maybe better exciting off se- or regular season, do you think... Is it too early to make, like, too, too early predictions as to whether or not, yes, they will be better or no, they will not be better? Oh, I think uh, we've been saying they're better. I think that you can make oh, an yeah. argument either way. They're, they're, they're going to be as good as they were last year. Does that mean they're going to be in contention for the playoffs? Yes. Does that mean that they're definitely going to make it? We don't know. I think we have to see the product because there's a lot of new pieces, but those new pieces are upgrades across the board for the most part, especially in places where we really needed it. So, yeah, this team on paper should be better. Let's play some football. The, this two-months thing is going it to kill us. That's the hardest part of it. This is the hardest part of the offseason in that regard because you've already been without legitimate NFL football since, you know, beginning of February, and you're, you don't get um, your first taste of actual real action until um, September. I, I'm the guy who watches the um, Hall of Fame game that Hall of Fame game is terrible, but I watch every second of it, and that's not even for another um, almost month and a half. 
So this we're in dire straits. Uh, we're hanging on OTAs. We're hanging on um, off-season workout reports, and you know the kinds of things guys are saying. Um, but negotiations. Yeah, and I think that there's, you know, and I think that that's fine. But I also think that it's been we've been distracted um, by a lot of good things: the draft, free agency, uh, s- some of the, um, you know, I guess philosophical uh, changes that have happened in the front office. And we've gone through kind of all those things, and they've kind of dominated as well they should. But there's still some core, like I don't know, classic off-season conversations that we need to get back to, or that we can get back to now that we have all this time on our hands. Um, it was a bit of a roller coaster. It was a bit of a roller coaster there, up until after the draft. It was a lot of up and up yeah. and downs and <clears throat> a lot of activity. Yes, it, it I was, agree it was with a that. distraction. The, Dude, this time's the worst, guys. We know it. And Ken, I watch all the preseason stuff. I also watch the Hall of Fame game because I, I like to torture myself. Um, I'm a glutton for punishment. It's like turning on Game of Thrones and watching the extras smoke cigarettes while no one's videoing anything, and 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 watching footage of them smoking cigarettes, complaining about their agents. Watch it's that. there, yes. It's, it's it's footage of Game of Thrones, but nothing's happening, and it's and you want to hurt yourself when you're done watching. Is there a dragon? Because I will watch it if there's a there's, dragon. There's there's a dragon. There is. Is there? A, yeah, like the backup, the understudy, but dragon. There's got to be an understudy dragon. <laughs> T- T- you can stand in front of the green screen and now. watch all you like, buddy. Use uh, your head. Yeah. Use your imagination. Um, all right. So so I thought we would revisit some conversations that were hot topics at the end of the season that we haven't totally gotten away from, but that are still, I think, worthy of, of beating each other up about. So let's start with the wide receiver. Just to recap, end of the season, Pierre Garcon, Deshaun Jackson, likely on their way out. Was there any way that we were going to ever recover? Was our offense going to be capable of recovering from losing those two players for all the reasons that we spent weeks talking about or what those guys give you and blah, 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 blah. Uh, now we are, we're so far removed from that. And um, without calling it necessarily settled, because we, we don't know what Josh Doxson looks like yet in 16 games. And we honestly don't know what kind of, you know, teammate and, you know, ingredient Terrell Pryor will be just quite yet. I mean, how? So, T, what do you think about us at wide receiver? I've always been in that regard. I, I've always been okay with letting go, Deshaun. I, I, I've always said he, he's an accessory. He's not necessarily somebody you build your offense around. He's a great weapon. Don't get me wrong. I, I you know, if if you can keep a guy like that, then you you'd love to have him. But he was not a necessity to me. The one that was a little bit harder was Garcon because you knew what you had. You had a guy who had longevity, a guy that could could run every single route, a guy you could depend on when you really needed him. You know, he was a veteran, you know, and that's that's a great thing to have. But at the same time, it's the known with him and it's the unknown with Doxon. million. He's it's the unknown with Pryor because, you know, he's he's coming off of, you know, his his best year thus far. You know, can he get better? We all think so. We all hope so. So there's a lot of question marks going into the season. But, again, on paper, it's an upgrade, in my opinion, across the board. I think it makes it younger. It, it doesn't cost as much. It was a great point that you made that, that it, you know, it, it, so you it, think it's going to work. Pryor and Doxon were at least as good, if not better, than we were with, with Garcon Jackson. 
I think it's different. I think we can be we can be as effective. Yes. Well, and the other pieces there are. Well, well, wait, well, hold on. Are you just talking about wide receiver? I'm wait, hold on, hold yeah. on. Yeah. First, uh, these two guys, the unknown is the word, and I get that. I know I'm an optimist. The unknown is the word. They have one year as, as an NFL wide receiver between the both of them. So, you know, it's, it's hard to sit here and say definitely this, that, and the other. But as an optimist, I know that Terrell Pryor's one year, he had 1,007 yards receiving. It's quarterback for Robert Griffin, Josh McCown, and Cody Kessler. The guy's first year as a wide receiver, he got 1,000 yards with that trio at quarterback. So that's a little bit that more known impressive. to me. And you see his, his, his dynamic size and speed. So I think that takes a lot of his questioning off the board. Mm-hmm. And you look down at Josh Doxon, you got to remember in his last two years in college, 23 games, he averaged over 100 yards and a touchdown per game. That's super high-level production at that level of football. And I know that doesn't translate all the time, but I think uh, hearing McLovin say over and over again, we got the best wide receiver. we got the best athlete in the draft. Makes me feel pretty damn good about these two guys. I mean, Jay, Jay Gruden must feel that way. The guy played six plays last year and had six targets. I mean, come on. <laughs> six times he walked out on that field and was targeted with his two receptions. They can't wait to use him. So uh, the, 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 what, what did Jordan say? The ceiling is the roof on these two boys, man. I mean, I can't wait to hear and see what they got. <laughs> I mean, last year, remember the first half of the season – how frustrating it was when they would get inside the red zone and then loft up a ball in the corner of the end so that no one could come down with. Doxson, a few of those times. Do- well, Doxson, well, they had like Ryan Grant trying to run those routes. They threw it to Jameson Crowder, if we're going to be honest All with All right, each- well, that's ourselves. what I'm getting to. So Doxson fills that role. Jameson Crowder, I think, has the difference to be a breakout star. Like, people, he started, people started paying attention to him last year because he was one of three receivers and the other two were, of course, Jackson and Garcon, and the two of them were big names, but Crowder was producing at almost the, the same level that the two of them were, and people were like, oh, who is this guy? And, I mean, he made the receiving threat legitimate last year. He's going to be a constant. The other guy who, not a receiver, but Jordan Reed, I think if he stays healthy, then he tips the scales in favor of Doxon and Pryor because he'll get them more space because safeties are going to have to focus – on Jordan Reed, who's... I hope he stays healthy. Other than... If he stays healthy. Got to. He will. He will. One of these years, he will. Might as well be this year. Yeah, well, it would be a huge help. I think they could push... I think they're going to be better. So what... I think they're going to be This better. is also... we People banged up on Bruce Allen um, and the front office in general, which included at the time, um, you know, McLovin, that we... That this was a failure to retain key, key free agents, um, which is a knock... You know, a lot of fan bases give front offices, and um, and I, you know, I think sitting on the other side of it now, I, I don't see it that way. As much as I don't want to give Bruce Allen any credit whatsoever, um, I don't think this was this was a failure to re, to retain key, key free agents. I think, and I think that we're showing no. organizationally that we are actually re, retaining key free agents by extending guys like Morgan Moses, they you know, extending guys like Jordan Reed, Trent Williams. We got Josh Norman locked up for quite some time. Ryan Kerrigan got an extension. Um, I think I said Jordan Reed. The, you know, yeah, and none of those guys play wide receiver, and wide receiver yeah. position is a different lock-up guys for eternity. You know, you got the diva, the high-priced. It's, it's a great position to get value, and I think we got getting Terrell Pryor for $6 million with a $2 million bonus to get him to eight, possibly, and Doxon on a second-year rookie contract. It's, it's, I thought it was brilliant. Yeah. What a steal from a, from with a Terrell business. Pryor. What a steal. Look, it's a business, you know, and, and I think that this was a, a good business move. And I think it, 
until it works out and we can look back and say, whoa, you, you, that was awesome. Uh, we all think that. I think that's why I'm excited. I think there's some excitement in all of our voices when talking about this because it, it's different from going into the season with Deshaun Jackson and Pierre Garçon. We, we had had that for a while. We knew what we were getting. This is, this is intriguing enough that, that going back to the theme of how we started this out, this, t- this time of year is so tough because you just want the football to start. We have so much more time to wait to see how this is going to actually look, but I think we're all excited for it because I think it's going to be fun. Well, I, I agree that they are going to be better. I mean, I already said that, but I do think also that, that the fact that they weren't able to retain one of them despite having said that they wanted to potentially retain both of them could be perceived as a business failure. It never ever even nah. contacted Pierre Garcon. You know, my, yeah, that was the story. That, that like, was a dead, well, they they they, they they couldn't get Jackson. Deshaun was gone immediately, and there's no way uh, so we couldn't afford it. We had eighty we we had eighty plus million dollars spent on offense. We needed it to move it to defense. Garcon got sixteen million next year. But what's the benefit then of them outward, like you know, putting it out in the media that saying like they wanted to retain at least one of those guys. It just makes them look like they were incapable of retaining. Well, do you, no, do you, they did, just not at that price. Of course they did, but they both got paid. And that's what Bruce Allen said. Hey, we wish we could have given them 100 million. Would you like they to be married paid. to Kate Upton, to them. Brian Stabby? Would you like to be married to Kate Upton? Yeah. Oh, of course you would like to. Sure. I mean, do you care that everyone in the world knows it? Would you say that publicly? Of course you it, would. I, I'm putting it on the podcast. So. But, is it ever going, but is it ever going to Ooh. happen? Of course not. That's a, it, it, we, you, we could say all day that we wanted Pierre with the, we wanted Deshaun. It was never even a remote possibility that it could work. I just don't know. I would take offense to that, Stabby. They sculpt their messaging so tightly. It just don't surprises care. me that they would outwardly admit defeat, like put something out there that they didn't think was a sure thing. And ultimately, I think it worked out fine, but I just don't see what the benefit would be in like saying, oh, we want to get one of these guys or both of them and being and coming away totally empty-handed you put that messaging out there. They didn't have to do that. It also, the dominoes could have fallen a different work. way. The, 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 <laughs> it, it is. It, it, I get that, but like, don't, don't get mad, Brian Stabby. Don't get mad. I want a, I want a pony and twenty nine thirty six jeans that are that spit skinny. Just mm-hmm. you know, I, we all want that. For of you. course, I want that. Yeah. Thank you. It, the dominoes but, could have fallen a different way too, Kev, because you know, it, a guy like Terrell Pryor before free agency hit was actually. You know, projected to cash in way, way more money. Now, Pierre Garcon had a huge year in our offense at the exact right moment when it came time for him to get a contract. If he hadn't done that, he could have easily been the guy looking for a one-year deal from somebody. You know, a week or two, two or three weeks into free agency, and he could have been right back there with us. Um, Deshaun was gone; never a chance he was coming back. Here. The other side of the business part of this is not just the money, it's the fact that you had football people picking football players. And I think we have football players that can, maybe not from day one, but we all think and we are all hoping that these guys, that what they look like so far, the fact that they're on one-year contracts, they have something to prove, I mean, all that is in favor of them having an incredible year, you know? Yep. And my biggest concern with that, T, is that it's team-wide by the disposition. I hope we're not fattening frogs for snakes mm. for my man Terrell Pryor. He comes out and has 1,150 yards with 10 touchdowns and then goes elsewhere. 
uh, you know, I, that's the only concern I have about that whole deal because I'm getting super excited about this recap. Well, it, I'd like to have him around for a while. That also opens up the gate to, you know, the big gorilla in the room that's still hanging out that we the don't Kirk. like to talk about so sure. much. Is Kirk sure, sure, because, sure, sure, sure. You know, but let's let Kevin every dollar spent here nice is, an, is another dollar not spent somewhere else. That's the way the cap works. And I have great, to, great bargain for one year. I have yeah, That's true, but I, I will say this, Kevin, because I know that when we got to Sean, you were super excited because you wanted something nice, and he's something nice. He, he was a, he's a sports car. He's a, a total luxury item. Um, and you, I, I could see it in your eyes how much, A, that you recognized his ability, and B, how, how much you, you just liked having that on, on our team. And I was totally against it, and I, I just want you to know that I totally support um, your Tarot Pryor love. I think it's completely put in the right spot. And, you know, I think that the, whether he comes back or not, as, as T said, our, our offense is really driven by Kirk Cousins. If, if he's there, we're going to be able to find a receiver, um, you know, to play well uh, and get us numbers. hundred. Yeah. 100. Look, at all the, look at all the wide receiver movement there was just this off, this yeah. offseason. Yeah. As long as you have number, number eight back there, you're doing yep. just fine. Um, let's move on to, to, de- to defense on the other side from the wide receivers, the corners. And I want to talk about let's Kendall Fuller. Because there's people sleeping on Kendall Fuller. In fact, on our site, Skins NJ, calling you out for your anti-Kendall uh, Fuller negativity. Um, Kevin, why don't people, why don't people like just understanding I, I, of the microfacture thing? I, well, I get, I get when you don't, when, what you see on the field and, and what I saw on the field was not the real Kendall Fuller. I think we'll see the real Kendall Fuller stand up this year. I know I've got a biased point of view watching him grow up and play football around here from the high school to the college level, seeing him on TV, recognizing he was going to be a number one draft choice for Thriller Brothers with that experience in the league, that experience in your back pocket of having three older brothers giving you, showing you the ropes, uh, coming out there and not being able to be as physical uh, as fast, as explosive, as quick as you know you are. And they say, they used to say 20 years ago, it takes, you know, a year to two for the ACL surgery. Uh, we, we've overcome that. And now this microfracture surgery, it's, it's, it's been shown that, that that second year out from microfracture is when the, the huge jump occurs. So you got a rookie kid who didn't go to all four years of school who also had microfracture. And I'm saying I've seen the kid. Uh, I know what he's made of. And I cannot wait to see him prove a lot of these guys wrong who do understandably have the ability to say he's nothing, he's not that good. Uh, I think this is the guy that you just wait around and see, that watch him bloom, watch it, watch him come camp. You're going to see a different kind of pool this year. I can, I'm, I'm positive about that. I love it. I, I got nothing to add to that. I mean, I, I agree. I, I'm not going to bet against this kid. I think he's going to be able to, to at, at a 100% health, I think he's going to have a big jump, and uh, I think that's going to happen across the board. Not just got this this thought, how, how um, I, I'm going to I'm going to I'm interested to see in like two years from now, looking back and saying those are all the guys that McLovin picked, which is exactly what they said about him in Seattle, and exactly what they said about him in San Francisco, is that you know he moved on for various reasons. But those were the teams he put together. That was his resume. Remember that? That's what this is building up to me to be, that, that kind of a, a, a roster that he put together. Fuller and Of Moreau. young talent that was affordable. 
and all kind of grew up together. There's a lot of that. The only thing I have to and add. The ver- and the versatility of them. And the versatility of those guys. I say, the only thing I have to add is when I went, I was able to go to that uh, Redskins uh, draft day kickoff party at FedEx, and they had a bunch of players walk around. He was one of them. He was hanging out up Which in one? the uh, Kendall Furl. Okay. Uh, he, he was, he looked in really good shape already. And this was, mind you, what, a month and a half ago. Um, and, like, he just, he seemed really excited to be at this event, and, like, people were coming up to him um, and, like, getting autographs, and it was just kind of cool. Um, and I don't know, it just felt very comfortable sort of seeing him in that environment. You know, it was on a weekend in the middle of the summer. He didn't have to be at this event. He was there with Jameson Crowder. We did a Facebook Live interview from the stadium. Um, and it, it, All week long, it's weird that you say this, Brian, because all week afterwards, um, Kendall Fuller was uh, reported to be saying, he was like, you don't ever believe there was this short white guy with a beard at the draft day party. Pointing his cell phone at me, asking me all these questions. Hey, do yeah. you work out? Hey. <laughs> I think I asked him what draft day memories he had because we were at a draft day party. Like, I wanted to know. Coming home. Yeah, he, was, he said, yeah, he mentioned being excited about coming back, and he mentioned um, uh, that he was kind of like in a, like a namaste zone where, like, he was just with his family during the day. He knew it was a possibility he was going to get drafted. He wasn't quite sure what the situation was going to be like. Um, but he had accepted that a long time ago, and um, so it was kind of cool to hear about his perspective on the event. And Jonathan Allen showed yeah. up at the stadium. It was kind of cool. He like was meeting fa- with fans too. You could see how so hyped up he was to like be there and like high five and signing autographs at you know because it's the second day of the draft. So he had already gotten picked. It was very cool. Very cool. How many draft parties do you think Kendall Fuller's parents had already hosted? For, for sons of theirs at that point. <laughs> they got that, they had that, that down to a science. Oh, a draft party for my son? This is number four. Come on, man. We'll just stay at home. How cool that, is that? That, that, that you know, partly, really, you know, being a Skins fan is one thing, but also watching a kid grow up in this area, represent this area. And we, we touched on this before that, you know, all met player of the years, either offense or defense in the pros right now, is unbelievable. So I'm not betting against the kid, and I'm rooting for him uh, for a whole lot of reasons, but th- that's a huge one, that, that he's a local kid. You want to see a local kid do well for your team. Well, you're going to hear this story again when he manned up against Stefan Diggs, two yeah. former teammates who were both All-Met Players of the Year, vice versa. Mm-hmm. Uh, Kendall Fuller was the Offensive Player of the Year. Diggs was the Defensive. They went at it last year, and Diggs got the better of them. I'm telling you right now, every day his three older brothers are in his ear hole. As they're working out wherever yeah. they're doing it, talking about Stefan. I'm sure Stefan has a few things to day. say about it, too. <laughs> yeah, I'm just saying this is going to be the motivator. When he comes back ready to go, full tilt, 100%, two years post-microfracture, we're going to see what Kendall Fuller's all about. Because he's, he's, I thought he was a better prospect than Diggs on offense when he was on defense at Virginia Tech, not in high school. This guy is all of it, man. I hope he shows it. Speaking of somebody who's all of it, been on our show uh, recently, Rob Kelly. At the end of last season, we were talking about a guy, <coughs> excuse me, 700 rushing yards. You're excused. Thank you. Not, <laughs> not, um, he kind of came on in relief of a struggling, you know, first line guy in Matt Jones and, um, a workmanlike effort, you know, to close out the season for us at running back. So much so that we all kind of 
thought it would be a great idea to draft Christian McCaffrey or Dalvin Cook um, should they fall to us and go running back uh, early in the draft, uh, which is which is not what we did. Um, and then so now today on this side of things, we um, we got the all-time leading running back from Oklahoma in Samaje Pirine, who who is now is a po- of course a popular pick to win the starting job from Rob Kelly. Um, although by all accounts he's probably going to be our starting running back uh, in week one. I, I think he's getting that first down carry. Which one? Rob Kelly. Okay. Uh, and, and you know, it's just you could contrast the way you feel right now about our running back position with the way you felt, you know, three or four months ago when you th- would call it probably, it was probably called at least unsettled. Um, it was a, a undrafted rookie guy who wasn't, you know, he's not very flashy. I also don't care. Well, who gets who? Who cares who runs out there for the very first snap? Well, before we That's, didn't have Samaj P. Ryan. The last time works, we talked about it, we didn't have Samaj P. Ryan. I'm talking the, about the running back. The way that it core. works today in the NFL, especially at the at the running back position, is that yeah. you need more than one guy. So you know, well, we whoever goes out there for the first snap isn't as important as it was at one time. I think, I think they're both going to be used. They're both going to be important. It wouldn't surprise me if. Fat Rob gets the first one or not? Hey, if if they decide to pass the ball on the first snap on offense, then Chris Thompson might be out on the. Field. I think Chris Thompson will lead our our running back core. And uh, I, I have been waiting for you to say this. I have been because you know I love him, but I think you adore him. Like I think it's like what, Chris Thompson on your trapper keeper. I think you got a Chris Thompson like heart on your trapper keeper on the way to work. Maybe I do. I it's love just him. a Ken. It's just another I'm one of Ken's. Is another one of Ken's like you know lofty. Uh, statements that if it just happens to come true, if it just happens to come true, he can always well, say, no, Chris Thompson's already been good. Hold on. Hey, did, you, did you watch last season? Well, let, let say it enough. Say you'll, hit it. you'll hit it eventually. He was, let me just he say was, this. He was great. He says that, he says that, he says total yards. Now, last year, you understand that Chris Thompson gave us 44 total yards a game. Uh, that's what, that's the only reason why I'm saying he's not the engine and he's, he might be one of the best third down backs in the league. It's just the way we use him, and I'm telling you, Rob Kelly uh, only started nine games, but he still averaged 52 yards a game. Uh, Matt Jones was getting 76 yards a game last year. Uh, these, yeah. That's the only reason why I feel like Samaj P. Ryan and Rob Kelly will certainly have more yards from scrimmage than Chris Thompson. I, I think uh, I think P. Ryan and Kelly will cannibalize the, each other's production, and I think that our our set, our average set. Um, that we're going to go with more often than not is going to be is going to be with the one with Chris Thompson in the backfield between the twenties. I think we're moving the ball more down the field. More often than not, then, then we better no. find someone that can pick up. No, let me throw this out there. No, to if you guys. you're talking about a four hundred to, to a four hundred and fifty yard per game kind of an offense, now are they going to do that all the time? Hell no. Can we, but you're talking about a, a very high octane offense. There's yards to go around. Can the two of them get over? Yes, but they're going to have the same two as the other two did. Can the two of them get? Over or under 175, I mean, 1,750 yards for the season. Wait, let's say it again. The two of them combined. 1,700. P. Ryan and Kelly? Yes. 1,750 combined. No. It would be tough. But possible. I don't think so. <clears throat> I think they're going to pass Regardless, they pass Chris Thompson's production though. isn't going to increase much more than 40 to 50 yards per game. If it, I, don't see, I don't see where those yards come in. If it increased by in, 40 in carries, yards a game. In, 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 in carries or receptions. He's not going to get many more carries because he's not 
that type of back. Oh, Thompson. So you're saying we're going to check down to him more? Thompson. And Samaj P. Ryan catches the ball. Samaj P. Ryan does catch the ball. I will bet you whatever you like, Ken Marangolo, that Chris Thompson does not lead our running back stable in yards from scrimmage next year. I feel 100% confident, and I'm not a gambling man. Okay. I want to hear, that's, I want to hear what odds I'm getting. Odds? You just made the prediction that it was flat out. <laughs> There's no odds. <laughs> oh. And they're going to chop Sounds it up. Like 10 to 1. Sounds like 20 to 1. <laughs> I'll, I'll, well, I'll send you a, a, a number across the table. We'll put something together. I, I think that um, I, I, he also could That's get injured. a bad bet. Chris Thompson. <laughs> no, well, Chris Tom, it's a bad bet because Chris Thompson is injury prone. Um, I do think he would be in line for more yards per game than he got in, in, no. uh, in 2016. I do. I, I think he would. I think Jay, Jay Gruden would lean on him to, to, to move the ball. And, and also... I, I mean, I think he leaned on an undrafted rookie free agent instead of him to move I the understand. ball last year. That's I all understand. I'm saying. <laughs> Who's improved? Well, we. Can, I, I. I. I guess I don't know. I believe. I want to fight you. I want to fight you right now. Sorry. Fight. I think we're gonna. Fight. I don't. Let's go. Fight. Fight. I think Chris Thompson's <laughs> gonna be on the field a lot. So. No, verbally, verbally, verbally. Um, but do you, so that. If we're arguing over who, who's you know, if we're arguing over this level running back, then we have to feel much better about our running back position than we thought we would at the end of last season. I would say. I I don't doubt that the long term plan is P Ryan. There's there's no doubt about that. The long term plan is always have a young guy. The and 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 for him to to emerge as the guy. That's why you draft him at three, and why you didn't draft Rob Kelly anywhere. But you picked them up as a free agent, so the, there's always that, you know. But, but Rob Kelly's doing a fantastic job, and he also is a guy fitting the same sort of profile as Doxon, as Fuller, as Pryor, as they all got these one. You know, they, this is their t- their chance to show it, right? They all have something to play for, and it's their careers, and it's their it's. There's a lot I of love that. We've been talking about it. Yeah, we've, we've been talking about it over and over again. These guys are going to be hungry. We're arguing about very good football players right now, and I enjoy that at that position. We weren't doing that last year. Well, that's weird. I think we were more confident a year ago going into the season about the potential of Matt Going Jones. into the season, sure. Yeah, so comparing where you felt right now versus where we were a year ago, I think we were yeah, but overconfident a year we, ago. We didn't have two guys last year that we were confident about with a third Thompson as the third down. Well, I'm just saying, are we, that, are we, at that position in the league, are, are was, we being overconfident again? Personally, I was never confident in Matt Jones. I never liked him. No. I never was like, yeah, no, you guys he were, was fantastic. I, I didn't think he was going to, yeah. I, 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 I loved, butter, I loved I that he was going to butter fingers it in year two. I just, I'm just I, talking about going into last year's season. I had high hopes for Matt Jones. But I, I was thinking in my head, what the hell are we going to do if he goes down? Well, I feel and way Matt Brown was sitting back there. And I feel way more stable. I'm confident in handing the ball to. Yes, that's the way more stable right now going into the season yes. that I did last season. Just talk about a yes. kind of a fall from grace for Matt Jones, though. At this point last year, there it's, were, it's there was the a not lot for long league. Yeah. You know, you, you only get, oh, you only get, get a, a few shots. You only get a few shots. We'll get one. He's a big, he's a big, huge man on, 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 without having to pay much money to. He'll have a chance, but it just it won't be here. I just remember there were like articles coming out, like, are his hands too small? Is that why he's fumbling? It's like that's ask Ken. He's a big hand guy, hand size. 
Matt Jones is, is he's the only only guy with handy shoes that I'm aware of. <laughs> okay, mm. so Matt Jones for you was when you were reading those hand size issue articles, you were like, yeah, he had small hands. That's why he fell to us. Was it a thing you had ever considered previously before Matt Jones? No, it's not a thing that I ever considered. It's actually a thing like scouts. If you, I know, but had size, you personally considered it? Uh, all I know is if a scout says he has small hands, all they're saying is he. There's a mathematical, uh, f- you know, calculation on on the, the, what probability he has of fumbling the ball. More often than not, it's actually pretty dead on. And in Matt Jones' case, I refuse to believe it until all of a sudden it was pretty dead on. <laughs> yeah. Um, so I mean, it, guys can overcome it, but at the end of the day, his hands measured a number, which made scouts think, hmm, he might fumble. As it turns out, they were right to think that. <laughs> Uh, so, yeah, so I think at running back, uh, we're going to be just fine. Um, Kevin, do you have any, uh, any, any random Redskins thoughts for us this week? Besides the fact, uh, random, yeah, random Redskins thoughts, random Redskins thoughts. I mean, you're down at the beach, you're having conversations with your family. (laughs) Yeah. I got my seven year old and I was like, what do you think about next year's draft? You know what I really like? (laughs) Now, knee deep in, in the White River, just pulling crab after crab out, just just enjoying the hell That's of my fantastic! No. Oh no, that's that's uh, that's great though. How was your I boil? To say this, I, I, it's not a boil, Matt Seal. Just because you went to college in Baltimore doesn't allow you to say that. How was your boil? Steam, I've got I've got some New England crab crabs. too. Come on. We steam our crabs in the state of Maryland and Washington, D.C., and in southern Delaware. Delaware steam. They were steamed at home. I did, I, I, I'll send you guys a video. A couple got loose in the kitchen, and uh, it, was, it was hell broke loose. Nice. Oh, there's and some I of got the greatest tongs, memories of that. I got tongs, tongs from 1970 that weren't working too well. And I'm not trying to get a, a finger snipped off. Nipping at your toes. take a risk off. Yeah. They were everywhere. But, but uh, as far as random Redskins thoughts go, I sit here every year this time. We come back in August, and I hope to God that no one got hurt that day of practice. And last year we did this show. I sat in this exact chair in this exact spot. The day Junior Galette's Achilles blew out. Yep. I pray to God, and I do think about this quite often, that we get to see this guy. And it might be two Achilles in, but we get to see what type of football player we almost got to see two in one year ago. Because this guy, man, you know, I, I say werewolf can, but... I, I love the guy. I love his game on the field. Maniac off the field. He's kind of kept that under wraps a little bit for two years. This guy is a werewolf maniac, pass-rushing fool, we, like we haven't seen around here in, in, in a very long time. What about you two? So that's you my random? My random? Yeah, I want your random Redskins thought of the day. I, I want to talk about our boy Sudfeld, who got a little bit of pub this week. Your boy. Yeah. Your yeah. Boy. No, Kevin's boy, who, who we're hoping to... Uh, yeah, we gotta get him on the show. Get him on the show here, but he's he's starting to make people talk. Remember this year, this time last year, you want to keep that theme going. We weren't talking about him. People didn't. The, uh, he was not really a part of the conversation. It was a you know, it was like a an afterthought to, you know mention. But he's actually getting some. He's getting some uh, well, some pub, and he's earning it. The, I I I think he's first team all nice and what what obviously raised by great parents. He couldn't have been a more accomplished 22 year old kid, uh, you know, just in hanging out with everyone and being such a gentleman. I just, uh, I'm very leery about anything that comes out of our office a month before the Kirk negotiations come to a, all of a sudden. No, it was Doc, right? Like it was Doc. Rounder. Doug Williams. No, oh, Doug, Doug. Doug Williams talking about 
talking about Sudfeld looking like a first rounder, just all of a sudden you haven't heard any of that before, and all of a sudden you're like, okay, um, I hope to God he is because we'll get great value in him whether we trade him or use him. But I just I, I want to go down there. I think we all need to take that trip. We need to see Sudfeld filling the ball around down to Richmond this summer. I'd love to take a day trip with you boys anytime. That's one of the main things I'd like to go see because I, I was super impressed by his intelligence and his, his him being such a gentleman. I want to see it. I want to see it. We should go down there and take a peek before we get after it because, man, wouldn't that be something? We should do it Whether old that school. that would be trade value or, or, or us ourselves. We should but, do it old school style yeah. with Ernie Bauer. <laughs> uh, that would be fantastic. You're just gonna have to wear you're gonna have to wear Norris salty visor to the side and be talked to like you were special. I still got it somewhere. Yeah. Well, whip that bad boy out. Yeah. Let that down south, gentlemen. One of the things randomly I was thinking about actually Uh-oh. this week. This is gonna be scary. No, no, no. It's I think it's good actually. Uh-oh. I mean, it's a little sweet sour chicken. We'll be the judge of that, Stabby. Yes, yes, yes. Um, was I think. People would generally agree that sort of in the Dan Snyder era, the Redskins have been incapable of getting out of their own way sometimes in terms of like just making kind of silly mistakes that like kind of blow up and people. So it's kind of in aggregate, it feels as though there's always kind of drama at on a regular interval. I think given the way this offseason started, it had the potential to kind of spiral. And I don't think it has. I think there's been some good developments between the draft and some of the free agents they've gotten. And it's not that long ago, but it also kind of feels like the franchise regularly is incapable of going this long without having like something get leaked in the press or someone do something stupid. And I think even though we're still a month and a half away from like kind of real football, I, I don't feel so bad. I feel pretty good about how they've been able to build some momentum after what was kind of a disastrous move with the McLuhan stuff. Was that good or not? I, that was good. I, no, I feel positive about it. When that all went down, yes, we all flexed our cheeks and held our foreheads and thought, holy hell. And uh, since that particular moment, things have gotten way more rosy. Yeah, here we go again, right? Well, I, I've I've always thought every fan can say that. You know, I mean, maybe not New England or something like that right now through the, what they're going through. But at every point, your your world is your team, and your team makes, you know, mistakes. It just does seem like the Redskins make a little bit more than most. And as a Redskins fan, you're always waiting. That's always lingering in the back of your mind. When is this going to F up? Because they always do. Or when is there going to be a slip? Or when there's going to be something that's just drama that sucks? You know, that's that's always looming in the background. Yeah, it's just been a while since that's happened. Yeah, they, they've only heard the ones that love them. That, that's true. But they, they've done it with effort. They've done it by trying to do what they felt was right. And I think we've evolved through the years. And this guy ain't going anywhere. And uh, I think we've tempered that, at least to a certain degree in the last few years. Now we start talking about Super Bowls and playoffs. That's the next level. I think we're uh, I think we're inching towards that more so than creeping away from it. Well, I know a lot of people are being creeped out by you right now, sitting on that bus stool, but bus bench uh, d- down in, in Bethany, inching and creeping. This is yeah. my yard. Yes. No. <laughs> Who owns the yard down there? Speaking of creeping people out, um, 
Yeah. We appreciate we appreciate I'm, you tonight, Kevin Ricca, for the effort. Shirtless, are you wearing jorts and Crocs like our friend in uh, North Carolina? Flip flops, Nats hat, Under Armour shorts, and I'm going topless, brother. It's I'm on vacation. Get some. You don't like what you see? Don't say hi back to me. This is a shirtless do. podcast. You've made this a shirtless podcast. Topless. Topless. You've Feet made this a, a topless podcast. Topless podcast. Feet on the cooler. Elbow Strachan on the. Strachan might have to regulate. Well, I should have told me how to join you. Took us to a whole different. I should have rating on I, iTunes. I should have I done Facebook Live from here, bro. Should have. Yes, you should have. <laughs> nah, nah, I, I shouldn't have. <laughs> I shouldn't. Have. <laughs> well, we'll be well, back. Enjoy again. vacation, man. Indeed, we'll all be back together again, hopefully soon, on t- on on Tuesday night. God willing, that sure would can't, be nice. Can't wait. Can't wait. On behalf of Kevin Ricca, he is Tim Strachan. Appreciate that, bro. They are. I would say they. As do I. The two-headed monster of Matt, the real deal, Seal, and Peach Weddy. Good evening. And Brian Stabby. Good night. And good night. I'm Ken Marangolo, and this was The Audible. <laughs>